0: Welcome back to the Cinema Silo. This is a free reel episode where we're going to talk about our summer series that just concluded. And we're going to talk about what's next. So thanks for joining us. I'm Jessie. I'm Frankie. And this is Annie. We just finished our summer series. We did The Talented Mr. Ripley, Jaws, and Ichu Mama Tambien. Uh, so Frankie, you picked the summer series theme. So what did you think of our, our picks? Hmm. <laughs> they were good. I don't know what to
1: say. It's kind of a broad question. Um, it's the ice maker. <laughs> um, yeah, so summer movies. We, we got a pretty good response to this series. I think a lot of people have emotional and nostalgic connections to the idea of a summer movie. So I thought it would be fun to maybe go over some responses we got to the a question we pose on our Instagram. We asked our listeners what their
0: favorite summer movie is. Mm-hmm. What's the first one that jumps out at you? Well,
1: we got two people, two listeners said Dirty Dancing is their favorite summer movie. Oh, yes,
0: that was Emily and Catherine. Emily and Catherine. Uh,
1: thanks for responding on Instagram. Dirty Dancing was maybe my second choice after the Townsend Mr. Ripley, so I really appreciate that we got that answer multiple times. Um, so Dirty Dancing follows this recent college graduate baby in the spills during a summer she spends with their family there. And she falls into a group of employees at the resort who spend their nights dirty dancing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, I don't know if you'd say she falls in love with Patrick Swayze, but they have a summer romance.
0: Yeah, I think she falls in love. You think they fall in love. I think they do.
1: And it just, it's like so sweaty, this movie. Like they're just, well, they're like Mm glistening. They're outside. It it very much has that feeling that some of the movies that we featured in our series do, which is this feeling of transition and an impending ending to something. Mm -hmm. Right. She's transitioning, baby is transitioning from college to post-grad life. I think she's going off to the Peace Corps where she wants to after
0: the movie. And that's a detail I did not retain. (laughs) Totally forgot that.
1: <laughs> and so she's like in this transition period, and she's becoming an adult, and it's all about her finding herself outside of the confines of who she was as a teenager and daughter and child, and becoming her own woman. Yeah, great movie. <laughs>
0: So another suggestion that reminds me of that similar theme is Mystic Pizza. Mm -hmm.
1: Three women, each with a different idea about love. Don't
0: worry about me. I'm going to be slinging pizza for the rest of my life. The best pizza! It's love
1: with the words.
0: Julia Roberts and, I mean, too many people to name, but it's like this idea of, you know, becoming who they are, Mm -hmm. right? Although that's really more than summer. That's more like, well, that reminds me of now and then. Now and then, <laughs> this was these... Jesse's
2: suggestion.
0: Because <laughs> that was my suggestion. Because it's it's women, or it's little girls who are like these four friends. They're like this experience that they have together over a summer. But then they also grow up and sort of diverge and become different people. But they still stay friends. So that's that's nice I don't know I was trying to make a connection of like more than one thing that was similar yeah. but I failed so Wait, I'm sorry but you
2: know in, in now and then when I think of something that's similar to now and then it's that in that movie Christina Ricci kisses the same boy that she kisses in Casper the like blonde boy Devin, Devin, S- Devin, Devin Sawa. Sawa
1: yeah but remember yeah. Casper he's so young. she's like the guy from Casper <laughs> He played Human Casper. He's Human <laughs> Casper. <laughs> yeah. He told you I was a good dancer. Can I keep you?
2: Yeah. More importantly, <laughs> Bill Pullman in Casper. So, yeah.
1: OG Dilf. <laughs> 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 Dirty Dancing, just like The Talented Mr. Ripley, those are the two movies I first think of when I think of summer. They're just they're set during summer, at least to a large degree or an important degree in Talented Mr. Ripley. But they capture, I think, some of that feeling that, especially if you get older, you feel about summer, which is a wistfulness and
0: a period of time that's ending. Yeah, and I think that that's what summer lends to a story that no other season does. Yeah, of this like it's like a hopeful period.
1: But you know it has to come to an end. But you know it's going to end, yeah. It's like Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Sweet summer child. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. coming. (laughs) We also received... um, So some other responses we received. Phoebe said, dazed and confused. And my good friend Matt said, everybody wants some. And these are two Richard... Richard... Richard, Richard... I have a headache. Okay. Richard Linklater movies. Um... And, of course, he also did Boyhood. Mm-hmm. He did and the, the Before, Before trilogy. trilogy. Love yeah. that. These are all movies that capture exactly what we're talking about, uh, too. Yeah. Just like this... Oh, I hate to be the grad student who uses this phrase. Like, this kind of liminal space where things aren't entirely permanent. It's not just transition. It's almost like it exists outside of time and your regular life. Like, your regular space yeah. that you occupy. Mm-hmm.
0: Which I think is, again... I think that that's what You yeah. 2 Mama, yeah. Tambien, that they were that they were in because they went on this journey that no one else knew about and they were sort of in their own bubble traveling through a country and then also their narrator is outside of the space and time of the story. And to me, that, that says Summer as yeah. well.
1: Phoebe also said The Parent Trap.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, I don't know why Jessie just made that sound because she does not like that movie. <laughs> so... That
2: movie makes me feel sad because I think of Natasha Richardson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And Nancy Myers. Yeah. I mean, that movie, if you really think about that movie, that movie is messed up. The parent trap? Yeah. 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 Well, who does that? Who splits up their identical twins and raises them separately with no knowledge of the other twin or the other parent? That is <laughs> yeah, messed up
1: really horrible it's very yeah it's very dark.
0: <laughs> and then jacob said dog day
1: afternoon which is a personal favorite of mine definitely set in the, the summer definitely evokes summer mm-hmm. very sweaty um, another sweaty movie very so sweaty. sweaty al pacino who's already a very sweaty actor yeah is peak sweat in this peak, peak sweat yeah. yeah um that's one to great effect oh, to great effect all of these
2: oh, other picks are set out in like the country or at a lake or mm-hmm. on a beach and that one is very much set yes. in the city and it's very mm-hmm. city summer where you're getting mm-hmm. heat coming down mm-hmm. from the sun but also coming back up from the pavement making you yeah extra sweaty and
0: yeah and no relief yeah. yes no relief yeah and everyone's in polyester because it's the yeah. 70s yeah. <laughs> no no one's breathing <laughs>
1: Nothing is breathing. Yeah. Exactly. And John Cazale is in it and um, Chris Sarandon? 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 Yeah. Chris Sarandon. Sarandon yeah. Right?
0: Oh, right. Is that his name? Prin- Prince Humperdinck. Prince Humperdinck. Princess, Princess yeah. Bride. Yeah. 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 I would love to do a series just of John Cazale movies. Yeah. Me too. We should. Let's
1: do that. Directed by Sidney Lumet, who is also one of my favorite directors. Um, he did Network and 12 Angry Men. I think those are his three best.
2: Man. So is this how you pronounce these names? Is it John Cazale and Sidney Lumet? Or is it John Kazale <laughs> and Sidney Lumet? What is
1: it? It's definitely Sidney Lumet. Okay. Good to I know. see John Cazale, but honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: heard Jesse just mirror Frankie's pronunciation. I was like, hmm. <laughs>
1: What did not <laughs> help is that The Godfather taught me how to pronounce every Italian name I ever encounter, but they pronounce Corleone or Corleone uh, both ways, right? Right, and other ways. Well, I'm there's sure, definitely the trilogy. there's
0: an Italian pronunciation and, and then American, an American, an Italian American yeah. pronunciation mm-hmm. that are not not the same. Like Gabo and you know I don't know whatever <laughs> else <laughs> the Gabo like the and, Gabo and, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at her. Maron, so. uh, <sighs> Marone. Be- am yeah, we should do a Sopranos. Kazali,
1: you're right. It's Kazali. Yes, I, <laughs> do, I apologize. Sorry to the I'm ghost of fan. John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fake fan. Um, okay, so John Kazali, one of the like when people say Goat of all Time, mm. he's actually Goat.
2: He's so good.
1: He was only in five films over seven years, and they were all nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. So it was. Godfather, The Conversation, Mm. Godfather Two, Dog Day Afternoon, and The Deer Hunter. Oh,
0: The Deer Hunter, (laughs) all great, great movies. I don't think I've seen The Conversation though. That's a good one. It's really good.
1: Yeah. What a stupid conversation, Stan. Please, I'm trying to work. Yeah, it's Francis Ford Coppola, directed by him, and starring Gene Hackman. Really good. Of those though, I think my favorite, personal favorite, is Dog Day Afternoon. I think it's underrated. I'm sorry. The Godfather and The Godfather Part no. 2. <laughs> what? They're the fantastic. I think Dog Day Afternoon is underrated compared to those other movies. And I think... Do you rate it higher? It's my personal favorite. You rate it higher? For myself, yes. But objectively, no, because Godfather had, I think, a greater effect on the industry. And there you know, were multiple... like the Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 are both amazing. Whereas Dog Day Afternoon is one movie. It's self-contained. But I personally really love Dog Day Afternoon. I think the... The creation of the tension through the film is superb, and the performances are the best. I think it's, it's a career best for me, for, for Al Pacino, even more so than Gunfather Part Two. And mm-hmm. it, their relationship, Al Pacino and John Cazale, in this film is so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Well, what and is I the quote? I deal some really complicated social issues What's as well. What's
2: that really famous quote from Dog Day Afternoon? When he says, you, you can, no, it's when he's saying you can go to any country in the world. Where do you want to oh. go? And John Casali says, Wyoming. Wyoming. They're going to give us anything we want. I'm flying to the tropics. <laughs> Fuck the snow. <laughs> hey, where's the mail? You ready to go to Algeria? Algeria? Yeah, sure. We're all going to sunny climes. So I can make it happen. I can make it
1: happen. <laughs> I made it happen so far, right? I can make it happen.
2: Now, you got to understand something. If we leave the country,
0: there's no coming back here. You know what I mean? There's no coming back. So that if there's anybody now that you want to talk to, you want to say goodbye to, do it now. Is there any
1: special country you want to go to? Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> it's so good. <sighs> Such an incredible performance. Um, great summer movie choice. I think it's interesting because it's a very, compared to these other ones that we, these other uh, answers that we got, it's a very heavy movie. It's a very sad movie. Yeah. In a sense, the ending is, I'm not going to spoil it. It's more like the ending of Itu Mama Tambi, and it's like a gut punch of an ending.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yes. they
1: pull the rug out from under you. And I think compared to these other movies that are very much like Annie said, set outdoors, summer camp, lake, you know. It's a very urban story, very gritty. Good movie. All right, what else, guys? Oh, well, relatedly, is Summer Gay? Do we want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Summer Gay. Well, because we did, we did The Town to Mister Ripley mm-hmm. and I Mama Tambien, which are textually in the text of this film dealing with homoeroticism, right? And same-sex they're, relationships. They're, they're textually gay. They're textually gay, and and subtextually as well but yeah and then jaws i think has something there. the male
0: friendships the male friendships
1: yeah and I, think... I don't want to attribute like eroticism and sexual connection to platonic friendships but i do think that that some people could see some subtexts in Jaws. Um, yeah uh, see I... and some of these other suggestions that we got to also play with sexuality and homoeroticism i think
0: summer gay so i don't i don't want to attribute like a label of sexuality to a particular season but i think that there's definitely like an an openness yeah. that comes with summer that doesn't come with other seasons mm. Like i think
1: because i was also thinking of call me by your name yeah and there have been a few novels have come out in the past couple of years that are set there's one from Poland, it's called Swimming in the Dark, for example, that's set at a, like a summer camp where boys fall in love in mm-hmm. communist Poland. And there are many novels that are, are kind of the same. Yeah. I think it's this idea that that summer presents openness outside of the constraints of parents who represent authority mm-hmm. right, in society.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the idea of finding out who you really are Yeah, and that for Many people traditionally uh, figuring out your, what your sexuality is is part of figuring out who you are. Yeah. And that that can be something that may be repressed in your everyday yes. life or that Which you're not also... able to explore in your everyday life, but that you can explore. Like going away to summer camp and having a summer camp persona. Right. It's also
1: in Dirty Dancing. It's in a lot of movies that are set in summer where it's in sexual coming of age. Yeah. Um, Annie, do you have any thoughts? Well, you, also, you also have like Carol... Mm-hmm. And that's very winter, winter very,
2: very winter, very
0: winter. I'm saying that as a counterpoint. Mm-hmm.
2: Counterpoint. Mm-hmm. But maybe that helps
0: prove the point. I haven't seen Carol, so I can't comment.
2: I don't want to open up the
1: Carol can of worms here. So okay, yeah, let's absolutely. keep Carol,
0: keep Carol to the side. Okay. I just, I but,
1: also think it's interesting that two of the movies that we chose independently really play with that idea, really open up mm-hmm. and delve into complicated sexualities yeah through the lens of summer transition
2: mm-hmm.
1: op- like uh, exploration all these things
2: i thought it was hilarious before i chose *Itu mama tambien we had been talking about the talented mr ripley and earlier we had talked about the movie the lighthouse with mm-hmm. robert pattinson and willem dafoe and the sexual tension of those men on that island And Jesse said, "I am so tired of these boys on islands committing murders and not sleeping with each other." Right. (laughs) And I said, "Okay, let's
0: do Ichimama Tambien." (laughs) We get half no murders. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: No murders or no no deaths that they are directly responsible for. Exactly. Yeah. Still. Yeah. No. Yeah. No on camera deaths. Yeah. Well, we have a listener question from from mm-hmm. Caitlin, which sort of plays into this discussion. Uh, she wants to know um, how will the setting of the new Ripley series by Showtime? She wants to know, um, I'd like to hear from you ladies, how you think the setting they choose for the new adaptation will change the story? Would the way Tom's sexuality plays into his personality and motivations play out the same way in today's society? Would it be as believable? mmm so good question. Caitlin's talking about the Ripley series that's supposed to come out sometime soon. There's no release date on Showtime where I want to say Michael Scott, Andrew Scott, but it, it's Andrew, Andrew Scott.
2: Scott. Hot priest
1: from Fleabag. Yeah. Hot priest. Yeah.
0: Andrew Scott plays Tom Ripley. Johnny Flynn plays Dickie really? and Dakota Fanning. Yeah. And Dakota Fanning plays Marge. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, and it is set in the '60s, so not a modern story. Mm-hmm. And will it be in summer? I don't know.
1: Huh? Isn't it is it Andrew Scott a lot older than them? Yes. Yeah. So th- that was my first reaction too when Jesse told me this earlier. He is 44. He will be 45 in October. Oh man. I think Dakota Fanning is 27.
2: Yeah, she's your age, pretty.
1: She's my age. Yeah, she's twenty-seven. That's a big gap. That is a big gap. And then Johnny Flynn. Who's Johnny Flynn? He's from Hi.
2: that
0: show, Lovesick, that used to be called Scrotal Recall. <laughs> One of the greatest. Can you spell his name, like John- Johnny with an H Y Flynn L-F-L-Y. Oh, okay. he's, he's thirty-eight. My brain is so deteriorating. <laughs> He's 38. I think
1: it's... um, He's 38. He's 38. Wow. Wait, he was also... He was Knightley
2: in the Mm -hmm. newest Emma Emma adaptation. Mr. Knightley.
0: Yeah.
1: He's also playing David Bowie in the Bowie biopic. Really? Yes. See, he he looks younger than he is, but Andrew Scott looks older than he is. (laughs) Andrew Scott has looked 45 for about 15 years, in my opinion. (laughs) Not in a bad way.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not sure how I think... I mean, I think that the setting makes it more believable that there would be some ambiguity about his sexuality mm-hmm. or Ripley's sexuality or, or anything because in this, if it were set in today, it would be like, well, why are you doing this? Just go. Yeah. I, I'm a little disappointed that it's set in the 60s still.
1: I think it would be interesting for them to have updated it, maybe not to the present day, but maybe to the 80s or something. Mm-hmm. You know, just have it set in a different time period. Like, Yeah, say 80s like, would have been cool. Like 1999, let's say like 35 years is before is when it, the, the movie was set. Do something like that. Just play around with this character. Update it a little bit. And I think something like the 80s would be more similar to the present day, but still a period piece enough that it would have been really interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm a little disappointed that it's, it seems like it's going to be the same plot and the same period as the movie, because I think the movie is already so good. I don't know why. I'm not super interested in seeing a lot of that rehashed. Mm-hmm. I am interested in seeing Andrew Scott play this character, because I think that he has a really compelling like twistiness to him. And as we can see from Fleabag, he has like an eroticism like, unexpectedly to him that I think oh, will yeah. be really good. Yeah. But it's also odd to me that he's so much older, especially from Dakota Fanning, who's playing Marge. And I think that's another thing I like about the movie is that they're all about the same age, and it feels odd to have such an age gap because I think that introduces different power dynamics to this already very complicated dynamic between these characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I do like that he's actually himself, Andrew Scott, gay and i think that that will bring a lot to this story as well annie
2: do you want to add anything well since we're talking about the talented mr ripley i feel compelled for us to talk about something that i cannot believe we didn't talk about in the actual episode (laughs) which is frankie's lifelong crush on matt damon and I think we need to tell some of these stories because
1: I just think it's they're embarrassing so It's now, though, because he's, like, semi-canceled. <laughs> Excuse me? What? <laughs> what happened? No, I think... I think. He- I want, okay, maybe not semi-canceled. He's just tacky now or something. Well, yeah. He's choogy. He's choogy. <gasps> that name <he> was choogy. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Wait, can no, you can Damon's you define chuggy?
2: Frankie, what is that? Can you define chuggy? No. I will not. <laughs> is it chuggy that I don't know what chuggy
1: is? Is that? Yes. Oh no. Yes. Chuggy <laughs> is a f- made up probably not even used by Gen Z Gen Z term for out of touch millennials who like are holding on to their skinny jeans and side parts and it's just a part of this weird Cultural, cultural <laughs> battle that doesn't shouldn't really exist and doesn't really exist. So, Jesse's pointing at herself, like <laughs> side part, skinny jeans, check, <laughs> check. <Yeah. laughs> it's fake. It's made up It's a joke. Yeah, what's you know, a joke. We're using it ironically. <laughs> well, I still
2: think that we should tell Frankie's story of when she got her wisdom teeth out. Was tell that it that what happened, Frankie? Sure, go ahead, Annie. <laughs> So as I understand it, as our mother tells it, Frankie had her wisdom teeth out, was under anesthesia, she came out of it, was still kind of loopy, and the thing that she said first was, Matt Damon is so
1: hot. (laughs) Look. (laughs)
0: This is Jesse from the future. Just a note that we recorded the following Matt Damon discussion before it came out that he only recently stopped using a famously homophobic slur. We'll discuss problematic faves in a future episode, so send us your comments. And until then, enjoy the rest of the episode.
1: Before I went in to get my wisdom to that, how long ago is this? This is like seven years ago. I asked Annie to Key up Goodwill Hunting and the DVD player for me, so that when I came home, mm-hmm. still high off the anesthesia, I could just press play yeah. <laughs> DVD player. Yes. So I went under, anticipating watching Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> and I have the biggest crush on Matt Damon in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my crush for him is just him and them. Yeah. <laughs> it like hits, hits everything. So wait, that brings yeah. up. And such I think a when I came new... home, Annie didn't even play it for me. I think I just that, fell asleep. That's so
2: not true. We watched it. We've watched
1: it. We watched it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> watched it three times. We did. But I, I, he's good. In, he's really good in that movie. I, that's maybe my favorite movie. Honestly, speaking, not trying to sound cool by saying something like Dog Day Afternoon, which I really do love, or Come and See, which would be really pretentious. I think "Goodwill Hunting might actually be my favorite movie. I know every word. that movie.
0: Did you listen to Matt Damon on Mark Maron? I did not. You have to. You gotta. It's great. Do you guys remember what
2: I watched when I came back from my wisdom teeth that I had queued up in the DVD player? Loma Sunshine? No. The Office? No. What? No. Of course we we don't. Clearly we don't. (laughs) The Muppets Take Manhattan.
1: (laughs) We're having (laughs) toys around here. what, what, What kind of toys would you
0: like, sir? Doggy toys. Rubber balls, rubber fire hydrants, rubber newspapers. Mm.
1: Snookums prefers the rubber Wall Street Journal to the rubber Washington Post. Don't we all? Write it down. Yeah, rubber Wall Street Journal. Now our daddy is gone. Little lumpy dum-dums won't have his daddy to give him washy scrubby. Very impressive. You speak Chinese like a native.
2: Now, shake hands. Beg pardon? Shake, shake.
0: Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Good boy. Now, sit.
1: Yes, sir. Stay. Stay. That was the most humiliating experience of my life.
0: Hey, Snooky. Hey, look at little Snooky come. <laughs>
2: could be a series what movies we watched when we when we're sick yeah (laughs) what did i watch when i came back from my wisdom teeth i don't know do you remember did you ask because frankie and i both had Mm -hmm. our things queued up in the dvd player before we went so that when we came back we could just hit (laughs) play
1: no i don't think i remember when you got your wisdom teeth out you do yeah It was funny, but I can't remember you watching anything. I think you just sat while people watched the news. Like you weren't weren't really directing them. You didn't want to like go away by yourself. You wanted to sit with
2: everybody. I remember afterwards you also like stopped at the pharmacy with our mom. And I remember her telling a story of you just like hugging her in public.
1: (laughs) Wow, Jess, you were really, You were so out of it. You were so out of it. (laughs) Good times. <laughs> um, so, Good Hunting. Yes, Matt Damon is hot in that movie. Yes. And then I'm, and I, I'm also I... into Mr. Ripley. I think he's got he's got a little. I like him blonder. You know, super buff Matt Damon doesn't really do it for me. You know, like Jason Bourne. Matt Damon no, doesn't no. do it for okay, me. Okay, no. so but so. which
2: kind of Matt Damon did you have on a pillowcase? It was Jason Bourne.
1: <laughs> Damon. So it was a gift. <laughs> <A> gift <laughs> For my good friend Eric, and I also have a church candle with Matt Damon on it from my friend Megan. Oh man. Jesse, do you have any so, items mm-mm. with an no. actor's face on them? No, okay no, but I'll, I'll say something even worse. Jesse and I saw David the with his band at was it U Street? No it was it at the Howard theater Howard theater so, It was great. It was great.
0: <laughs> a man of- Rock, Jesse's. It's like it's your dad's rock and roll band. I don't know your friend's dad's rock and roll band. Yeah, they did like
1: a Flaming Lips
0: cover. It was great. Very good. (laughs) There were like fifty people there. (laughs) It's great. All women, all the way up front. Yeah, it was all women (laughs) in their thirties and (laughs) forties.
1: Great. Um, <laughs> and as we all know, Annie's crushes Kermit the Frog.
0: <laughs> Why are
1: there so many
0: songs about rainbows?
1: Here's a question: If we were Muppets, who would we be? Which Muppet would we be?
2: Oh my god! Annie. Oh, good one,
1: Annie. Uh, Annie, you're the yes.
2: Muppet Wait, expert. No. Annie what do you what do you feel? We all okay. I may be the Muppet as- expert, but we all love the Muppets here.
0: No, you I feel like Gonzo. Can- You think that you're a Gonzo? Yeah. uh, No,
2: maybe Frankie's Gonzo. Gonzo. So no, Frankie's Fozzie Bear. (laughs) (laughs) No question. But Fozzie, Frankie has always been Fozzie Bear. Waka (laughs)
0: Waka. Who am I then?
2: I think Jesse's Gonzo. Annie? I don't know. I always saw Jesse as Kermit and Frankie as Fozzie, like in my mind. But maybe that's because it was me. And I was just like, these are my favorite people and my favorite Muppets. So I, don't know. I feel like Annie is Rolf. Rolf is my favorite Muppet, so that's who I want yeah. to be. <laughs> well, he's <Rolf. laughs>
1: yeah, he's Rolf. Jesse's gonzo, for sure. Frankie's not good natured enough to be <laughs> <bossy>. <laughs> mean? Frankie's like a
2: (laughs) Miss Peggy-Fozzy combo. I
1: was gonna say, I was gonna say, yeah. (laughs) Except that I, and I like Miss Peggy, but she's abusive to everybody. She is. She is. Yeah. She's, she's the original girl boss. Yeah. Miss Peggy. She's really mean. Yeah. So speaking of summer movies, I watched M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. Mm. What do you think? I feel like I've heard mixed reviews about this. Is that the movie of summer 2021? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, in my opinion. So I was excited to see it, actually, because I'd heard mixed things, like incredibly mixed as in people either really loved it, really hated it, casual viewers I know, people who are really big into film, just across the board, totally 50-50 on people's takes on this movie. The, when I went, the Round Tomatoes and the um, audience scores were both 50%. <laughs> like a true split. <laughs> um, so I was really excited to see it and see what was going on. So I, I'm curious because you both have not seen it yet. What is your take on it based on what you've heard? Because you said that you've heard some mixed things too.
0: My thing is a spoiler. Okay. I heard that it was kind of not as great as it could have been, mm-hmm. that it just kind of like the twist wasn't that great cuz he's known for his twists or like att- yeah. attempt at twists that that was just kind of like a oh, what? Yeah. And I've also heard that the script was really bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that the dialogue is not excellent, that the cinematography is and um that Gael Garcia Bernal is great.
0: Mhm. So that track with
1: yeah so
0: <laughs> are all of those things true
1: yes I thought that the dialogue was the worst I've ever heard in a movie whoa like truly just it was really bad
2: worse than the dialogue. room but Tommy yeah was because it's so
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> at least the room is like there are moments of unintended like hilarity from the room this was just so stilted there was no like humor to be found in how bad it was you know what I mean okay like, it was bad, but it wasn't so over-the-top bad that it circles around as being fun again. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's You cannot ironically like this movie. Mm. Like, the dialogue in this movie, I should say. I think we'll all have to leave this beach. Wait. Why? They left already. What happened? We really don't know what happened. Well, I think this man had something to do with it.
0: Man, if I was involved, why would I be standing around, bro? Damn.
1: His nose is bleeding. I think he got that when she was trying to defend herself. I don't like this dynamic at well, all. My nose has been bleeding for hours, man. I don't know why he's doing that. Charles, something's
0: wrong with your mother. She's asking for you, honey.
1: Well, we're all in this now. We are responsible for that woman. And I've got nothing against this man. I'm just doing what needs to be done. I think that the idea, the premise and the way that it's executed throughout the film is pretty creative. And in general, I think M. Night Shyamalan's movies are pretty creative. I think he's a guy who has really big ideas and just falters in executing them and not going too far into the twist, relying too much on the twist. So I think the, the, the idea here is really compelling. The cinematography, as Annie was, was saying, is superb. I think it's absolutely beautifully filmed and framed. And he does amazing, amazingly interesting things with depth and color that mm. most mainstream directors just won't do.
0: Mm. Hm.
1: You know, and I was telling you guys before about halfway through the film, I had this thought that if this was in a foreign language that was subtitled in a language I didn't know, so I couldn't tell how stilted the dialogue was. I probably wouldn't be grappling with this question. I would give it just an A. It'd be like a nine out of ten for me, probably. Wow. Um, yeah, seriously. And I think, I know that's like a bold take. People might not agree, but that's personally, that ended up being my thought. Now, because the dialogue is so bad, I can't give it that high of a score. But because of that, I also struggle to give it a score, personally. Because it. I think in, in some ways he achieves what he sets out to do with this film, but the dialogue brings it down a lot. And I had this feeling when I saw it. Um, I don't know if you ever saw... I think it was, was it Darren Aronofsky directed Mother yes. with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Yes. It's like I had a similar feeling. I think old is much better than Mother. I don't think Mother comes close to achieving what it sets out to do. And I think M. Night Shyamalan comes pretty close in some ways. So I don't think Aronofsky you know, um, gets as close to, to realizing his vision for that movie. But what I liked about Mother and I appreciated about it is that he was trying to do something pretty creative and new for a mainstream film. And so it's hard for me also to re- like rate something like Mother because I'd rather see movies like that, you know, that are trying to do something new, and even if they fail, I'd rather see the failures like that. But I think that this movie from M. Night Shyamalan, it's, I think he gets away from this focus on the twist more, and he focuses more on the philosophical implications and, and human behavior leading up to the twist. And so that's why it worked for me. A lot of his movies focus more on the twist as the center of the story, right? Whereas the twist here, it doesn't take away, but it's also not the focus, you know?
0: It's more like an explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
1: Cool. Which might ultimately be another failure of the movie is that he he relies too much on trying to explain the things that happened at the end instead of leaving it open-ended. Yeah. Which leaves it more as an existential crisis, of this beach that turns people old. I should also say that this is the premise: like, these characters find themselves on a beach that turns them old. <laughs> beach makes you right. old. Yeah. Beach makes you old, and it's great because it's like so memeable. You know this this very premise, and M Night Shyamalan is such a memeable director. But I think that like, I'm totally on on this. You know, uh, M Night Shyamalan as a rediscovered tour train. I'm here for it. I'm here so for I, it. I hope that.
0: I'm, I'm here for it. for it,
1: yeah. And so I hope that he takes this as an encouragement in his future films instead of seeing, like, the the, the bad reviews as a discouraging thing. Okay. Because I think there is a lot that's really good here. He needs a, a co-writer for his, for like, a, a screenwriter partner.
2: I feel like there's a lot of pressure to have your calling card be twist endings.
1: Yeah. yeah. I that's
2: think that really, like, puts him in a box. You know, that he can't just make a movie about a beach where people become old there has to be like a twist ending to explain it and he has to surprise people and like yeah if everyone's always expecting a surprise from you you know you're you're that's such a high expectation um yeah and so it's hard for people to then appreciate everything else that he's bringing to the table yeah uh
1: but related to our summer series as well the movie stars is is one of the main characters guile Garcia Bernal mm-hmm. and his performance is very good despite the dialogue. And I was when I watched the film, I you, you, my experience of watching this film was very much like oh my god, this dialogue is horrible. I'm trying to find things to laugh at because it's just so like some of the lines are so bad and because it's the the dialogue is so bad some of the acting feels stilted. But then there there comes a point for me, maybe 2 thirds of the way into the film, where the performance between our guy, Guile, and uh, this woman, uh, this actress, Vicky Creeps, she's from Luxembourg. She plays his wife. There's a scene between the two then that's so good that I got a little weepy Aww. watching the movie. And it's like, how did this dialogue go from making me like, roll my eyes and scoff to, to that? And I think it's really attributable to his performance and her performance, too. So the performances are pretty good in this film despite I think hurdles with the dialogue that they were given.
0: What's the worst line of dialogue in the movie?
1: I don't even remember. I don't remember. I have to think.
0: I mean there's a there's a character
1: named or that <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Mid sized sedan. Oh damn. Midsized sedan. Oh
2: damn. <laughs> um so which is the better summer movie? to Mama Tambien or Old, for Gael Garcia Bernal's performances.
1: Uh, to Mama Tambien. So this is interesting because he does good summer movies. There's to Mama Tambien and The Motorcycle Diaries is a good summer movie, and Old is a good summer movie. I think to Mama Tambien is, is just the best, one of the best movies ever made. I I think Old, I think Old is actually a really good summer movie for the times that we're living in right now. Beaches that make you old? <laughs> yeah. That's topical? Yes. Explain. I think some of the existential questions and dread and f- feelings of hopelessness actually are very relevant today. Yeah.
2: So, specifically for 2021, a summer movie say, about a beach the- that kills you yes.
0: because it makes yes.
1: you old.
0: Yes. So, old is for 2021 what Palm Springs was for 2020. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: But my, my feeling is he came up with this idea because he was like swimming one day and he looked down and his fingers were all wrinkly and he was like Babe, babe. I got the next I got the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's worth watching. Even if you end up not liking it, it's it is worthwhile to check out. Also, M Night Shyamalan has a great cameo like he he's in this movie in a very meta meta role mm-hmm. which i found fun okay. yeah. what else what if
2: what
0: else have we been watching that is worthwhile to recommend so i watched how it ends which is like a covid production movie where basically the world is ending and this woman just walks around la which is not believable oh. And she makes peace with all the people in her life. Mm. And I had really high hopes for it. The cast is great. The idea is interesting, but it just kind of fell fell flat. Mm. Um, The AV Club said it has toxic levels of quirk.
1: It's like an existential scavenger hunt for your soul.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: Oh, I dig that. (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: Yikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there were things about it that I liked, and then there were other things that I didn't. And again, I think it would have benefited from better writing, a better script. And there were a few scenes that were really good, and a few moments that were great. But overall, it felt like much, much longer than it was. I think it's less than 90 minutes, mm. but it felt like a lot longer. So that was kind of disappointing. Polly Shore is in it? Yes. Polly Shore plays himself. You buried the lead? Yeah. <laughs> Polly Shore is in it, he buries himself. Um he buries himself. You know, so is that what you just said? Or... Sorry. <laughs> he plays himself. Polly Shore plays himself. It's it's fun. He's in it for like five seconds. So the way that they shot it, they shot it during COVID. So all the streets are empty, like no one's out. When the actors are in scenes together, it's mm-hmm. like three or fewer people who are all six feet apart. No one hugs or kisses really, except for like Poly Shore, of course. But you know, it's it's there's definitely social distancing going on, and it's all outside. So I think if you were watching it, you'd be like, why aren't they hugging? If it's the end of the world, why aren't they hugging each other? But I think at this point, it doesn't feel weird to mm. see people who are not touching each other. Yeah. And sometimes it feels weirder to see people actually touching each other. Helen Hunt's in it. She did a great job. This cast is kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: So it's, <laughs> it's got Olivia Wilde, Fred Armisen, Helen Hunt, Lamorne... Morris Nick Kroll Whitney Cummings Glenn Howerton
0: Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people Charlie Day and the cool thing is that Zoe Lister Jones who's an actress that I like she's not in a lot of stuff but she stars in it and she wrote it she co-wrote it
1: she was um a councilwoman what's her face right in Fawn bon Moscato. But she's Fawn bon Moscato. For a New Girl. Girl. That's, That's it. Fawn That's oh. Yes.
0: That's who she is. One of the is. greatest
1: characters on that show. And then I
0: also watched Blade Runner for the first time. Wow. What? No yeah. way. The original. Yeah. Wow. Oh, tears in the rain. Oh, oh
1: God.
2: I've seen things people
0: wouldn't believe. Hmm. Attack ships on fire off. Shoulder of a lion. On. One of
1: the best monologues. So good.
0: I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten house gate. I wish I
1: could watch Blade Runner for the All first
0: time. All those
2: moments will be lost in time, like
0: tears. In Oh, I hated it, you guys. I hated it. All right, we're no. Thanks for joining us today
1: <laughs> in the Cinema Silo. We're burning it to the ground. We gotta go take Jesse out back and have <laughs> a barn burn. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tell
1: her what's up. Like. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And another movie I watched for the first time is called Blowout, which is a neo noir movie mm. starring John Travolta. Travolta. And and John Lithgow in it De Palma, too, right? Yeah, it's Brian De Palma. I, d- I I thought it was interesting. It was fun. It was set in Philly. Mm-hmm. It was kind of neat, but what I don't know. Favorite? Yeah, I don't know. I just wait, wait, Hold
1: on. Why didn't you like Blade Runner? Wait, I can't believe
0: we you just let you. Were you skip on like a neo
2: noir kick? Is that why you're watching Blowout like and it.
0: Blade Runner? No, these were two separate events. Blade Runner, I just felt like. Maybe watch it a second time.
2: I So here's the truth. I did not enjoy Blade Runner the first time I watched it. And well, well, well. Well well. Thing, I, <laughs> well, well, well. I also did not. And then I watched it a second time, and then I really enjoyed it. The first time I watched it, I thought, oh, this seems like a movie that was really innovative at the time. And that a lot of things since then have been influenced by it. But I've seen all of the... Kind of knockoffs from that have come after it, and I haven't seen kind of the original, and so I didn't really appreciate it the first time. But I watched it the second time, loved it. Mm-hmm. But at, at least the first time, I loved that monologue in the rain at the end. I thought that was fantastic. I Thought it went it on, is, yeah. it went on way too long.
1: What is wrong? So I'm looking at again. I'm I'm looking at Blade Runner. So the replicants are engineered by the Tyrell Corporation which I didn't remember. Isn't Tyrell the name of, the, like, also in Mr. Robot? It must be a reference, right? Is it? I don't remember. Did no you guys watch James Mr. Robot?
0: No, that's...
1: Okay. No, Annie. Tyrell? Yeah, there's a character, yeah. Tyrell. Lamb? Yeah.
0: In, in Mr.
1: Robot. I'm sure that that's a reference. Probably, I yeah. I don't know why that it's such a small little detail
0: anyway yeah well and isn't shouldn't the whole thing i mean maybe i missed it but isn't the whole thing that he should be a replicant you missed it you, i missed you, it. you missed it yeah you gotta to see you
2: gotta watch it you gotta rewatch
1: mm. it
0: you gotta watch he is a replicant Rewatch it when did you when do we find out that he's a replicant
1: no did you watch you, you got it or did you wa- did you s- just put it on the panel he's
2: not a replicant <laughs> but you have to re-watch it and then you have to watch Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. The Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling. They did a follow up a few years it's ago. It's good. That is it's also good. good and does. I. There was someone who. So he like I. There's a lot to say about the sequel. There's a lot we mm-hmm. can talk about. So you should yeah. go. I would rewatch Blade Runner because I I appreciated it much more the second time I watched it and I understood it a lot better. And it seems like you might also understand it a lot better if you watched it the second time.
1: Well, whatever. I I watched Blade Runner in college. I took a class on, it was called Utopias and Dystopias. Mm -hmm. And we watched Blade Runner and we watched Metropolis, Mm. which is a great pairing because they both present these dystopian visions of of urban settings. Mm -hmm. And Blade Runner borrows very heavily from the visuals from Metropolis Mm -hmm. and its depiction of, you know, like the hyper-populated and developed urban center yeah i also watched blade runner
2: in college in a film history class and it was Mm -hmm.
1: like american
2: film section or something on neo-noir so we watched chinatown and we watched blade runner
1: Mm, chinatown Mm -hmm. yeah
0: watch body heat (laughs) (laughs) i do want to watch body heat (laughs) it's actually pretty good (laughs) so annie what have you been watching
2: i recently watched a show on hbo called Starstruck it's six episodes like 20 minute episodes starring Rose Matafeo who's a New Zealand comedian who used to date James Acaster James Acaster yes exactly and the show reminds me a lot of Notting Hill the Hugh Grant Julia Roberts Uh rom-com where Julia Roberts plays a version of herself a very famous like internationally renowned actress and Hugh Grant mm. owns a travel bookshop in Notting Hill. And in the show Starstruck, which came out recently, Rose Matafeo plays the Hugh Grant character who oh. starts a relationship with a very famous actor who's played by Nitesh Patel, who you might recognize from the Four Weddings and a Funeral reboot.
1: <gasps> um, yeah, What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I really liked him in that. Okay, I'll watch this. I'll I'll rewatch it with so handsome. (laughs) Remember, I kept asking him if he wanted to do it, like, while we were doing it. You do do that. Yeah, but this morning I had sex with him again. And
0: Kate, I was barely drunk that time. Oh,
1: that is So sweet. Mm -hmm. And
0: oh, yeah. This is the best bit. Two hours later. I got my period. Like, what is that? Touched by an angel? Like, that's the timing of that. Will you see him again?
2: Um. I don't know well, he probably won't see him again <laughs> maybe i'll see him again
0: He is a famous actor and you're a little rat nobody oh that's so harsh but it's true mm. but you know what what's done is done mm. like he can't take it back i am forever a stain on his sexual history
1: <laughs> well, i'm glad he's getting other stuff because four weddings and a funeral it's uh, not very it was good not it fizzled good. out yes it was terrible it was yeah. <laughs>
2: But he's good in the show. Rose Matafeo is excellent. And yeah, it's only six 20-minute episodes. It's not a big commitment. and oh, it's, wow. It's very good. And uh, it's funny. So Starstruck on HBO. I've also been watching on HBO White Lotus. I'm also watching White Lotus. Yeah. yeah, Frankie, are you watching White Lotus, too? No,
1: I'm not. Not yet. Okay, we'll get you caught up. Can you set it up for me? I've never heard of it before. So... Did you read the Jennifer Coolidge
2: profile in Vulture? Yes.
1: Which was one of what kind of question is that? That was
2: one of the best. We will link that on the show notes because the Jennifer Coolidge profile in Vulture is one of the best things that I've read this year. And Jennifer Coolidge is in the show White Lotus. It's set at a Hawaiian resort and it's all of these different people who have come there. And it's Jennifer Coolidge who's there with the ashes of her mother. And there's wow. Connie Britton and Steve Zahn and their kids and Connie wow. Britton is like this high powered CEO and Steve Zahn is kind of, he is her husband who's kind of dealing with a lot of things and it's very silly. I love Steve Zahn, so I was very excited to see him. And same way, I love Jennifer Coolidge, I it's just fun to see them and things Mm -hmm. and who else you have jake lacy he was on the office but he was the boyfriend and obvious child Do you remember him yep yep he plays the total jerk very different from the characters he's played before and Mm -hmm. he's with what is her name alexandra daddario daddario Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful and they're newlyweds on their honeymoon and so you have all these guests but then you also have the people who are working at the resort who are very interesting anyway it's a good show. It's, it's like a slow burn, but then you have really, like, just some moments that are hilarious. But it's a lot of kind of, it's a lot of, like, rich white people dealing with their problems, and then you also mm-hmm. have the people who are working at the hotel who have, like, very serious, like, li- like lives and problems going on. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it, Jesse?
0: Yeah, I, I like it. It's interesting for the reasons that you've stated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like good HBO
2: Sunday night programming. You know, so yes, yeah. It's exactly. it's exactly why you tune into HBO on a Sunday night. So it was good. Yeah, so that's been fun, and I've been watching a lot of reality TV, which we all do, at least all three of us. Um, but I've been watching Love Island. I've been watching The Bachelorette. Watched mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. new update on Love Is Blind. Those new episodes, mm-hmm. like some reunion episodes there. Yep. Um, I've been very excited. Ted Lasso is finally back. Yeah, so excited about Ted Lasso. Yeah, that was great. Very happy that that's
1: back on.
0: Annie, do you know what our next series is? It's your turn to pick our next theme. what did, What did you pick for us? Oh man, so
2: I've been. We just did summer. summer Summer was great. I liked the summer theme, but for me, the summer I've been working full time. And I don't love working in the summer, right? Like I'm not, in all of these movies we've been watching and talking about, they're out doing things. They're on the beach. They're really they're just living up in this kind of liminal summer space. So we're going to shift gears and we're going to do a theme on work. Also
1: known as the We Do Not Dream of Labor series. Yes. <laughs> So we can play the the TikTok there.
0: So tell us, what's your dream job,
2: darling? I've told you several times before. I have no dream job. I do not dream of labor. (laughs) So for the first installment of the "I Do Not Dream of Labor" series of the podcast, I will be discussing the 1999 comedy film Office Space. So good. So, tune in in a couple weeks and we'll be back
1: chatting about this great, funny movie. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pod And be sure to check out our episode description and show notes on cinemasilopod.com.
0: Until next time, see you in the silo.